Cellulose Fire is probably in my top five desert island movies. If I had to pick like a representative of 80s movies to be in the top five desert island, it's St. Elmo's Fire. Without a doubt, hands down. What were the other four? No, that's my representative from the 80s. Oh, that is? Oh, oh. oh I don't have them all picked I thought, out. I thought you had a top five 80s desert island movie. I could movie do that. List. I could do that. <laughs> Ghostbusters. St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. Pretty in Pink. Okay. National Lampoon's Vacation. So we got one more. One more. Uh... One more movie from the 80s. And then I'll tell you mine. Tell me yours. I might think of my fifth one. <laughs> I've never seen Weekend at Bernie's, so I can't pick Weekend at Bernie's. Well, it'd be Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Batman would then have to be Back to the Future. Oh, Back to the two. Future. Just regular Back to the Future okay. for me. And then um, I, I think I'd throw Ghostbusters in there. I think I would do Ghostbusters. And then my final one would be Monster Squad. Fair enough. Jesus, what'd you do? Right. Come by way of the Panama right. Canal? I'm in a bad mood, okay? Bad mood? I'm standing with the cast of The Godfather. You're gonna have to learn to deal with it. Deal? I'm dealing with two guys named Cheech. Welcome to the Annie Hall episode of this. <laughs> and yes... That is how this episode's going yep, to happen. Good, you know I like what? it. You know what? There's a very good chance that that's going to be at the opening prior to the quote. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Sam. Anyways, okay, keep going. So, welcome. <laughs> you know what? We got to... 35 episodes left. I'm just going to start screwing with the format when I edit these things. Episode 30. No, this is number 35. No, sorry. Number 35 This is on episode our list. 69. <laughs> We're Hi. children. It's fine. We're three-year-olds. And it was Annie Hall. It was from Annie 1977, Hall. Yes. Written and directed by Woody Allen. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, first, sorry, and Marshall, written by Woody Allen and Marshall Brickman. Um, okay. We need to talk about something first. We do. What? <laughs> okay, so you know, you know. Okay, there was a movie we watched called do the right, right thing. thing right where it was like this movie's gonna be stupid i'm not no we never said it was gonna be stupid we just did not in, did not look forward yeah to it. and we were we, nervous about it yes. i was nervous about it i think i we were we were very much so nervous about this film too no we, i wasn't nervous i just plain didn't want to watch it because i'm not a huge woody allen fan and i'm like all right so I okay. I I did not know how to approach Annie Hall. I did not know what to expect for this film, especially just because it's again. It's I don't I don't I'm not the world's largest fan of Woody Allen. I right. never have been like I need to watch that film. You know when I see one of his movies come out. Now, this movie on the other hand was pretty damn okay. Yep. Um, like yeah. Like, I really liked this movie. I, I hate really myself for hating this it. This movie, I really did, and I am. I you know. I guess that's cool though. I mean, okay, okay, because people are gonna be pissed at us because we went to another. We we weren't looking forward to a movie, and then we ended up really really enjoying it. Um, I, and I, I'm sorry that's the case, but it's like I was not expecting that's much out of this. That's the point of us watching this list, and that's the thing is that I have. It's not of movies we like I, it's not my 1980s desert island top five no it is not but we need to watch that list and my list um yeah you need to see san almost fire i know jeff <laughs> will you promise me by the next time we record you'll have watched san almost fire I will, I will try i will try to acquire a copy of san it's on fire netflix is it yes oh <laughs> damn <laughs> 
can't even use that excuse. No, it's on Netflix. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't find a copy of this classic 1980. I film. also have it on DVD, but you can't borrow it. Okay, but only <laughs> I will do so. But you have to watch Weekend at Bernie's. You have to get me a copy of Weekend at Bernie's. Damn it! Because right. I apparently can't go to the library because the library's closed. Yeah, our <laughs> library's being weird. Um, so okay. Anyways, Annie Hall. You know what? I'm. Unless it's on Netflix. I, I am very, very surprised no, that I'm. I'm very happy that we continue to be surprised and like given yes. a movie that it's like, oh, okay, I. Screw it. We're having the discussion now. I really enjoyed the way that the story was was done. Oh, look at that. It is on Netflix. I was really Only enjoyed the way... Only an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> I enjoyed the way the story was told. Okay. Sorry, talking about Annie Hall. We're, yes, we're, we're talking about Annie Hall. We're, we're not talking about Samuel's Fire now. <gasps> I liked how... It, I, I liked it constantly breaking the fourth wall and putting characters in flashbacks. Like, I'm like, And oh. see, since you liked this, I really think you'd like 500 Days of Summer. I've because, seen The Bench. Yes, you have seen The I've Bench in there. real life. Um... Because this movie, I rolled my I eyes saw. Okay, myself. I saw Five Hundred Days of Summer first. Yep. This reminds me so much of that because, and you even read because it's a on little, the like, internet linear storytelling. Yeah, I mean it is, but it isn't. It starts with them, you know. It starts the same way as this, them breaking up, you know, and stuff like that, and it doesn't end happy. Mm-hmm. It ends like a real life situation, exactly. Where it's like, oh, they moved on. But yeah, now I see the huge influence that this movie had on Five Hundred Days of Summer, yeah. and I am genuinely pleased that I like this movie. I'm not going to go out and watch all of Woody Allen's movies. No. And I, don't I might watch to. Midnight in Paris because I heard that one was really good. That's the Owen Wilson one, right? Yeah. And then okay. Midnight... Blue, Jas- Blue, Jasmine. Blue Jasmine. It's supposed to be good. That's got Cate Blanchett in it. She won an Oscar for that. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's I think it's like one of those where you you find if you want to watch Woody Allen films maybe you find like the big the big ones that got like a lot of acclaim like this one obviously even though I'd never seen it I had known of Annie Hall I've known oh, of Annie yeah. Hall Oh yeah and years. I know all the quotes you know yeah. and all that stuff But it's it's one of those where it's just like I, I'm I'm very I'm very surprised and I'm very happy that we're still getting movies this this close to the end of the list that are ones we've never seen weren't really weren't really expecting much out of it and still yeah. walked away surprised going that was I that was really was, good. I thought this was going to be one of those movies that everyone's like, "Oh, it's so great, you know, it's this great movie. It's this great, you know, romantic comedy, you know, it stands yeah. the test of time." But I, I now agree it with was all those very, things very and funny. I I lad I feel bad yeah I feel bad I don't feel bad cuz you feel bad what? I was kind of being negative towards it before you saw yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I don't. I'm, right I'm there sorry. With you. I'm human. It happens. No, I I grouped a lot of. I've seen one or two of Woody Allen's films, and I just didn't care for Me them. Too. And I'm like, they, they. I'm assuming they're all like that, but obviously they're not all no. like that. And I was told by people that this is like his best movie, one of his best movies. It's very well written. Yeah, the scene of him standing in the line at the movie theater. Oh my god! It's like him, everything like, in this movie is so freaking relatable. Yeah. It's not even funny. I like that. It was funny. It was very very funny. And sorry, we we completely got onto the talk, the conversation at the get go. But eh. sometimes that's important. That sometimes that is important. Because you need to know whether you're going to want to listen to this episode or not. Yes. Because so, I'm sorry, yeah. if I was listening to this podcast and, like, Annie Hall was... Or, you know, we did a movie that I was a big fan of and found out that the people who were recording it didn't like it, I wouldn't listen to it. I no, I've stopped listening to... I stopped listening to one very particular podcast because I got just tired of them ripping on the movie. And there like, are certain episodes of podcasts it. I don't listen to... Or uh, podcasts I listen to mm-hmm. that make fun of 
Dark Knight Rises, and I get used to get really mad and wouldn't listen to him. I'm not what allowed movie? to talk about that anymore. What movie are you... What movie did they make fun of? Uh, I don't even remember which one. Oh. It, it might have been like Back to the Future or one of those. Oh. Just oh. some... Something, I don't even think it was Back to the Future. It was something that was like, no, wait, why... I don't understand what their yeah, opinion yeah. was. Like, why was it... Why It's not Back to the Future. For the record, I understand why... Or I understand the issues that Dark Knight Rises has now. Yeah. But I was in the moment, a very emotion. I have not been this emotion. I had not, I have not been and will not be for probably a while as emotional over a movie as I was over Dark Knight Rises. You were really emotional over that thing. I really was. You got really pissed at me. I really, no, I didn't. <laughs> yes, you did. No, not supper club fighting piss. <laughs> not storming out on the balcony of the condo pissed. I'm sorry, who are you talking about? I'm so confused. I don't I don't I don't understand. I don't know like, what you're talking I have no idea I, what you're talking about. That's not me. No. Jeff no. didn't get mad at me in the middle of shadows over Camelot and just like storm off for That no was reason. alcohol talking. I know, and but I it was do still not really drink that crap anymore so because funny. of that. You drink beer instead. I drink beer. I drink better stuff yeah. now. <laughs> anyway So we're ten minutes look, in the episode. I know, look, and, this episode's uh, kinda like Annie Hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's nonlinear. We're yep. jumping all over the place. We're addressing you guys as if you're here. That's kind of the point of a podcast. Right. So. Anyway, so do your normal beginning of the episode okay. stuff. <laughs> Rated PG. It's an hour and 33 minutes. It's a comedy drama romance. 8.2 out of 10. No meta score. No, uh, Roger Eber gave it a four star. Okay. Neurotic New York comedian Elvie Singer falls in love with the ditzy Annie Hall. Okay, it's Elvie because I thought it was Elvie with a B. Elvie? Yeah. Got it. For the whole movie. I'm wrong. Yeah. Still worked. <laughs> Still works as a name, so. I really like this movie. This movie's got a lot of people in it. Like It does. Jeff Goldblum's in yeah. this movie, everybody. Jeff Goldblum. For literally 30 seconds. Not and even. Not even not 30 even. seconds. I'm, oh, he looks good, though. I'm pretty sure that was maybe seven seconds. Like, maybe five seconds of him actually visible. Because <laughs> they but walked in front of him. But he forgot his mantra. That's true. He did. He forgot his mantra. And Christopher Walken's in this yep, movie. For, like... What five, five minutes. minutes of an actual scene? Paul Simon is in this movie for a little bit. Carol Dude, Jeff Kane's Goldblum in it. is that old? Shelley Duvall's in this movie. Jeff um, Goldblum is sixty-one. I yeah, he's been acting for a while. Jesus, remember he was an actor of the eighties before know, the nineties, and then he kind of disappeared. I know. And then he just became. Oh, Jeff he's Goldblum. in Grand Budapest Hotel. Well, he's in like everything. Oh, all the Wes Anderson, the Wes Anderson films. Movies. That's right. Actually, I don't think he's in Royal Tenenbaums, but I think he's in everything else. I really? I thought that was the one that I remembered him from. <laughs> no, Bill Murray's in that, but Jeff Goldblum's not. Oh, okay. Well, let me. Uh... Oh yeah, he's in the league because he's Ruxin's dad. <laughs> well, let me do. Uh, let me do the awards and what awards and whatnot? Is that what we yeah. called it from the last episode? He was on Law and Order: Criminal Intent for like what? For a season. Really? Yeah. 2009 to 2010. You know, noticed, all 24 episodes. I've noticed that a lot of people end up on Law & Orders at some point. Like, is Law & Order just like the uh, like the melting pot of actors in so. Hollywood? Because, um, remember the remember I made the comment that uh, Tony Roberts, the guy who he plays... Fr- oh, season nine. That's why I yes. don't know it. Um because Tony Roberts, one of the other actors in this film, uh, plays uh, Woody Allen's character's like best friend who goes out to Hollywood as an actor on stuff. He was on Law and Order, oh, and he was also on Law and Order: Day. Criminal Intent for a single episode. Yes. So it's like, but it's like, it's weird that and Paul like, Simon's in this movie. I already said that. Sorry, I was reading about Jeff Goldblum. Leave me alone. Um, 
No, like they're like everybody. I think everybody just ends up on Law and Order at some point I think in their they Hollywood do. acting career. <laughs> I think it's required. It's some one of the one of the Law and Orders <laughs> at some point. No, stop singing okay. that song. <laughs> All right, on to awards and whatnots. Let's do this. Okay. All right. So this film had thirty-two, uh, or sorry, thirty-seven total. Oscar, or, uh, sorry, not Oscars. That's a lot of Oscars. The film just kept getting entered into the film. Okay. Let's try this again. <laughs> you know what I'm thumbs upping at thumbs you up about? What? Oh, okay. Good. All right. Yep. Good. Awesome. Um, oh, that makes life so much easier. It does. Well, a little bit. But yeah. Anyway, carrying on. 37 total award nominations, five Oscar nominations. The uh, Oscars that it was nominated for but did not win was Best Actor in a Leading Role for Woody Allen. Okay. That's all that it was nominated for, but did not win. It won Best Picture. Do you know what it beat? I did not. I was going to look that up, but I did not think. You know, what, one of the movies it beat? Did it beat Star Wars? Seriously? Yep. yep. A little mad about that. Oh, remember I got really... Okay, the original episode for um, Bridge on the River Kwai, I got really mad at the end of the episode about Annie Hall. Yeah. Because I read that one little blip. It's in someone's review. It says, the film that bested Star Wars for the 1977 Best Picture, and I went... What? <laughs> okay. But uh, truthfully, I think... This, I can't I can't have an I opinion on that. See, I think because of where we were... No, 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 no. Because of where America was, where film was in this yes, era, yes. sci-fi was not a big no. thing. It was still a and Saturday morning... And it was 77 morning. and it was the first Star yeah. Wars. So. It's, it has nothing to do with it being the first Star Wars, in my opinion. It's because of where we were now. Three years later, like Empire, okay, Empire would have would have beaten it because at that point it had already reestablished the sci-fi genre. I don't want to do anything except watch movies for the rest of my life. Okay. Well, at the rate we're going with this podcast, we're going to do that for the rest of our yeah. lives. No, um, like it would, uh, like I, 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 think that's the reason why. Like I would take, I probably would agree with the Academy, and I cannot believe I'm freaking saying that right now. Yeah, Jeff hates the Academy. I am just, I don't. He's mad about it. Lee Daniels the Butler. I thought the Butler was based a on really the novel push. Sapphire. <laughs> I don't remember any of this in the movie. Was this Lee like the Daniels prologue? Did, uh, <laughs> yeah, did uh, Precious. Precious, yes. right. Based on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> no, like, I, I the Academy, I just, I don't understand the Academy at all. Do you all. want me to get started on the social network? No, no, because you, your, your opinion on the, on the social network getting, getting crap, I kind of feel I'm I don't similar. think it should have won Best Picture. I think King's Speech, having now seen the King's Speech after like three years of refusing to yeah. watch it. It was don't very ask. well. It's a great movie. It deserves well, Best yes. Picture. However... Social Network deserved Best Director for David Fincher. Because I love David Fincher. Me too. He's a great director. I love his films. Not saying that Toby Hooper, whoever did King's Speech, isn't, Mm -hmm. but... No, I gotcha. I gotcha. I really like the King's Speech. I I think... I think... Was I right? Was I right? No. What, like Toby Hooper? Yep. I was right. Um... I like when I'm right. (laughs) It's not all the time. It's not all the time, but when it happens, it makes me happy. Yeah. Um, no, but so coming back to Annie Hall here, I I will. I know. We haven't done anything. I know. Nothing has happened so far. Um, no, I agree with the Academy's not choice for best 
picture based upon the time frame that when this movie was released. Because nobody thought Star Wars was going to be worth a a crap. And that revitalized the sci-fi genre. So nowadays, yes, as as a nerd that I am, yes, Star Wars should have freaking won Best Picture. Because that would have been brilliant (laughs) if Star Wars had a Best Picture Oscar, you know, but... Lord of the Rings has one. Yeah. So, like, nowadays... Star Trek doesn't either, so there's that. It's true. But Into Darkness did get nominated for two Oscars. Was that like costume and like something like that? Yeah. It's usually where they go, like by special effects. Yeah. And like, okay. Best lens flares. Yeah. Best use of lens flares. Best overuse of lens flare. Abrams, stop it. They put a little lens flare on the Oscar statuette <laughs> for him. Like, here we go. Anyways, uh, the other awards that this was this one, <laughs> the other Oscars it won, was Best Actress in a Leading Role for Diane Keaton, Best Director. So Woody Allen still received, or he technically got two, actually got three, because it also won Best Writing. Uh, written directly for the screen. So it got Best Original Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Picture. He won three Oscars, but he was nominated for four himself. So losing the Best Actor in a Leading Role to receive three other ones for Best Picture and Best Directing Mm -hmm. and Best Writing, I think that is enough for me to be like, I won three Oscars. Yeah. And then the film was entered into the National Film Registry in 1992. And I think it deserves it. I I understand why it's on the list too. I understand. I do too. I I'm I'm a little annoyed it dropped three spots. Yeah, because you know, I'm I'm glad though it's this high because I feel like a film like this. It's a comedy. There a, are very few comedies yes. this high up the list. A, a romantic comedy. If, uh, it is a romantic. It is a romantic comedy. comedy Not in the traditional about, sense that no. we think of. Like I think of like cliche '90s romantic comedies mm-hmm. when I think of romantic comedies. Well, hell, we've already had cliche rom coms from yeah, the '40s that were more of a rom com than this movie is, but it's. For it being this genre, it's very impressive. Some like it hot is the next is the is the last comedy, unless you count singing in the rain. That's true. Like the last like full blown like this is a comedy. It's not. Like, yeah, like, some like it hot is the last comedy. Because like comedy. it's a wonderful life could would be like it's part it's got comedic moments in it. I mean it, Schindler's List is obviously a comedy. Oh, that's totally it's so Same funny. With Psycho. Oh, Psycho. About, 2001 Space Odyssey. About a man who just really wanted a friend in a hotel. Although and she slipped and fell in the shower. I don't know <laughs> if the graduate is classified as a comedy. I don't know. I thought that was I thought that was more of a drama, for some reason. I thought that was like a. Are you looking at what IMDb No, IMDb it? calls it a comedy drama romance. So the dramedy? Yeah. Which I guess some like it hot could technically be considered a dramedy because mm-hmm. I think that's partially it. I know it's uh, it's a wonderful life could technically be... Well, I think it's a wonderful life. It's just flat out drama. Some like it hot is a comedy. It End is of a sentence. Yep. So, okay. So that's the last like full-blown comedy. But still, I'm very happy that this is where it's at on the list. That's really cool that it's even this high. You know, I because you would expect the movie it's like this. It's a Wonderful this. Life is not co- is not, not classified as a comedy. It's a family um, fantasy drama. Family fantasy, I can see that. Normally, movies like this, I would expect a movie like this to be in like the seventies. Yeah, like I don't expect it to be thirty five. No, that's really high. And now list. I understand why. Oh, I completely understand why. I understand why it's significant because it's very much so a average New York. Man. And it's still relevant. Or average man. Yeah, there's no time frame. The only no. Thing that's in it, they, they talk about doing drugs a lot more than yes. I think you would do nowadays. But well, like... But I still... Cocaine. We don't talk about doing cocaine yes, a lot. No. Weed, yes. What, Weed, grass? Gra- as they kept calling it, I'm like, why are... Oh, that kind that's, of grass. I'm like, grass? 
Lindsay thought they were all goats. Um, <laughs> eating grass. Anyway, so I am done with my sections. 20 Lindsay. minutes into the, into the free oh podcast. Goodness. I'm going to do trivia now. Go do trivia. Okay. Go, go, go. Hey, guys, who's going to yawn now? Lindsay's going to yawn. Of course, it is a little later in the day at this point, so... They don't need to know that we recorded the last episode like three. I didn't ago. say anything until you let it out the bed. <laughs> Colin gets mad when we do that on the podcast. But that's not. <laughs> Sorry, he's Colin. Like, he's like, that's that's mine and Dan's. <laughs> well, too bad. Yours. We've claimed it. <laughs> Are we cows? The passerby LV refers to as the winner of the Truman Capote lookalike contest yep. is in fact Truman Capote, who oh. appears uncredited. Really? Yep. I missed that part, apparently. I heard him say it. I didn't. I just assumed. I couldn't remember what, what Truman Capote looked like. Elvin's sneak. Well, think of Philip Seymour Hoffman and Capote. That's pretty damn close. I seen Capote. You've seen the poster. I've seen the poster. I just didn't put two and two together and realized. Anyways. LV sneezing into the cocaine was an unscripted accident. When previewed, the audience laughed so loud that director Alan decided to leave it in and had to add footage to compensate for people missing the next few jokes from laughing too much. It was a... It was like you like you kind of well. Saw I it I think it's because I've seen that scene. Yeah, I think we saw it and seen it. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Anyways, continue. We should take that. No, we should not take that up. We should not that take. I contemplated it. Get, it's over there. That would get real ugly real quick. Yes, it would. Diane Keaton's real name is Diane Hall, and her nickname is Annie. So, hence the name. Annie Hall. Yep. The scene where Elvie and Annie are at their psychiatrist, which they call analysts, all through this movie. Which looks like a split screen scene was actually shot simultaneously on one set with an adjoining wall. So it was right next to each other. Yep. I was wondering because I'm like, I was trying to figure out because they did that a lot. They do like three or four different times in this movie where they had like different characters from different locations talking. And I was trying to figure out how they were doing that. So yeah, continue. Sigourney Weaver's screen debut in a non-speaking part as Alvy's date near the end of the movie. I think it's who he's standing with outside the theater. Oh, Interesting. Annie's outfits, which caused a brief fashion rage, were Diane Keaton's own clothes. I knew that. Uh, during the lobster cooking scene, Annie runs and retrieves a camera to take pictures of Elvie dealing with the crustaceans. Later, when Elvie runs over to Annie's house to smash a spider, a series of photos Annie took is on the wall in the background. Yep. I noticed that. I saw that. Because I made a comment that those look, those look, those were kind of nice photos. The movie's line, hey, don't knock masturbation, it's sex with someone I love, was voted as the number 78 on the greatest movies of all, movie lines of all time by premiere in 2007. At 93 minutes, it is the second shortest film to win the Best Picture Oscar. The shortest film to win the Best Picture Oscar is Marty from 1955 at 91 minutes. Wow. I'm pretty short. How long is Snow White then? Didn't Snow White win? Did Snow White not win Best Picture? Um, actually, I don't know Snow White. I'll look that up. You keep talking. According to Tony Roberts, who plays Max, I believe? Rob. Yeah, Rob. In the scene where Rob picks up Elvie from jail, Woody Allen was unaware that Roberts was going to pull the green visor down on his coat. Allen ad-libbed the line, are we driving through plutonium? They shot a second take during which Allen changed line to, are we driving through a field of bees? The first take is the one in the film. Um... Spoilers for next week's episode. No, it did not. Okay. It wasn't even nominated. Then why does it have a bunch of tiny Oscars? It's just, I think it was a, it was, it was, it won an honorary award. Gotcha. Not, but it didn't win like a best picture. Because it was one of the first animated films. It was, so this is next week's, it was recognized as a, uh, as a pioneering film. Okay, end of discussion. So we'll talk about that next week. That was the most fun I've ever had without laughing is a reference to the quote by H.L. Mencken in 1942 and later Humphrey Bogart. (laughs) 
The film's working title was Anhedonia, An Inability to Feel Pleasure. United Artists fought against it, and among other things, they were unable to come with an ad, up with an ad campaign that explained the meaning of the word. And Woody Allen compromised on naming the film after the central character three weeks before the three weeks before the film's premiere. Wow. Other titles suggested were It Had to Be Jew, A Roller Coaster Named Desire, and Me and My Goy. I like a roller coaster named Desire. <laughs> so wait, did they not do any advertising for the movie then? They must not have because must if it was have. three weeks before the movie was released, there was no like posters premiere. or no premiere. Or premiere. Okay, so they would have still had time. Yeah. Okay. The first scene shot was the lobster scene. Alvy <laughs> never says I love you to Annie. The closest he comes is when Alvy says love isn't a strong enough word for how he feels. The average length of a shot in this movie is 14.5 seconds. I would say there's a lot of very quick cuts in this film. During the classroom flashbacks, one of the teachers writes, Tuesday, December 1st on the chalkboard. Tuesday, or December 1st is Woody Allen's birthday. And Tuesday, December 1st, 1942 was his seventh birthday, tying it in with the school setting. Alvy makes a joke about the political magazine's dissent and commentary merging to form dysentery. Dissent is a famous liberal magazine and commentary is a famous conservative magazine. <laughs> when Annie arrives at the theater when Alvy has been waiting for her, he says, I'm standing here with the cast of The Godfather. Rick uh, Petrucelli, the actor who plays Ralph, was an uncredited extra in The Godfather. <laughs> Never mind the fact that Diane Keaton is in The Godfather. That's small detail. Small little tiny detail. Nobody. An early nobody appearance knows. by Jeff Goldblum paying the party guest who forgot his mantra. <laughs> Forgot my mantra. One scene cut from the film is a fantasy sequence of Annie and Alvy visiting hell. This scene was rewritten 20 years later for Alan's Deconstructing Harry from 1997. Um, the jokes that Woody Allen tells in front of the audience at the University of Wisconsin and on the Dick Cavett show are from his stand-up comic days. There are several references to Wisconsin in this film. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Marshall McLuhan... Yeah, McLuhan... Yeah, McLuhan was not what he, uh, was not Alan's first choice. Federico Fellini and Louise Brunel were asked first. On Late Night with Conan O'Brien from 1993, or sorry, in 1995, Harvey Firestein revealed that both he and Danny Aiello had bit parts in this classic, but their scenes ended up on the cutting room floor. The house under the roller coaster where Alvy grew up is actually the Kensington Hotel in Coney Island, Brooklyn, which was located underneath the Thunderbolt roller coaster. Oh, in Coney Island, Brooklyn, which was located underneath the Thunderbolt roller coaster. Alan discovered it while searching locations during the filming. Oh, the hotel and roller coaster were demolished in 2000. So none of it's there. Mm. It looked like it was pretty dilapidated in 1977. It's a wooden wooden roller coaster. There's not many wooden roller coasters, I don't think, left They just built a new one at Six Flags. Yeah, I know. Like, they're purposely... Which I think they moved from California to here. It's because I think they're trying to bring some of them back I will not go on that. It's scary. I don't like wooden roller coasters. They're scary. I think that's the reason why they stopped doing it. I did like the Viper. Viper is wooden. Yeah, Viper's wooden. Viper and American Eagle are both wooden. I've only ever been on like two roller coasters in my life. Are you scared of roller coasters? Yeah, I never never liked them because I I didn't like like the Batman. Like I would I would love to go on like the original Batman roller coaster back in the day, but I don't like the whole like hanging like that whole like you're not actually. I like I see I would prefer the wooden ones because I'm in a little cart. You know, in the Batman one, the only thing that's dangling are your legs. I know you're like completely still, encased. Otherwise, but that's that's still you'd is, hate Iron Wolf, which they out. took out because you stood up. Yeah, no, can't do it. 
Nope, and I also cannot spin. I can't go upside down. I can't do spins. I get motion sickness. Okay, well, we're never going to Six Flags then, apparently. We'll go. I'll just stand outside the ride and watch you guys stand in the queue. No, not for you. For me. (laughs) For you guys, it'd be hilarious. (laughs) Though uncredited, the animated scene with Elvi and Annie as Wicked Queen was drawn by Stu Hample, who was then drawing the comic strip Inside Woody Allen, which was based on Woody Allen's stand-up comic period. They gave the, the, the evil witch... Nipples. Yes, it did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was distracted. I'm a guy. <laughs> though primar- though based primarily on Woody Allen's real-life relationship with Diane Keaton, yeah, were- the fact yeah, that yeah. Annie Hall comes from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, likely was inspired by Allen's past relationship with Judy Hensky, who was born in, it says Chippewa Falls, while Keaton was born in Los Angeles. Hmm. I said Wisconsin, really Wisconsinite when I said it like that. Yeah. Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You know, uh, we're not there, from here. Up there in, uh, you know, Wisconsin, all that stuff here. Oh my God, when I watched Fargo a couple weeks ago, I could not do it. I'm like, Fargo. 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 My dad's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I'm watching Fargo. <laughs> you oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. You oh, have geez. to, you know, you have to speak that way. Woody Allen originally envisioned this movie as a murder mystery with a subplot about romance. During script revisions, Allen decided to drop the murder plot, which he and Marshall Brookman later revitalized in Manhattan Murder Mystery from 1993. Huh. The first rough cut ran two hours and 20 minutes. Among the scenes later eliminated were segments showing Elvie's former classmates in the present day, Elvie as a teenager, a scene in a junk food restaurant featuring Danny Aiello, extensive additional scenes featuring Carol Kane, Janet Margolin, Colleen Dewhurst, and Shelley Duvall, and a fantasy segment at Madison Square Garden featuring the New York Knicks competing against a team of five great philosophers. Christopher Walken's driving scene was also cut, but was restored a week before the film was completed. New material for the ending was filmed on three occasions, but most was discarded. The final montage was a late edition. I'm curious. I might actually want to watch Manhattan Murder Mystery. It's on Netflix, I think. A middle-aged couple suspects foul play when their neighbor's wife suddenly drops dead. Woody Allen, Diane Keaton, Alan Alda, and <gasps> Angelica Houston. Like, Aww. that actually sounds... That does sound good. ...kind of good. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh, Zach Braff's in it. <laughs> When's it? 93? Yeah, so he must be, what, like 10? Maybe. Maybe 15? Oh, Zach Braff. Yeah, he's born in 75, so he's been 18. Okay. Interesting. Well, I, I might have to watch, I have to watch it too. Sorry, a complete tangent. Woody but. Allen originally filmed the scene in which a, a traffic advisory sign urges Elvie to go to Annie in California. Editor Ralph Rosenblum wrote that Allen was so disgusted by the scene's cuteness that he took the footage and threw it into the East River. <laughs> The traffic sign motif was later used in Steve Martin's L.A. story in 1991. Shelley Duvall filmed her scene in two days. Not that it would be hard. Ah, Shelley Duvall, who looks the exact same in this movie as she did in Nashville. And kind of does in The Shining. Yes. The scene where Elvie and Annie are making up stories about people in the park is reminiscent of the Paul Simon song, America, laughing on the bus, playing games with the faces. She said the man in the gabardine suit was a spy. I said his bow tie is really a camera. It's for... That's the quote. That's the trivia fact. That line from America. Thanks, everybody. Paul Simon plays Tony Lacey in the film. The Golden Crest Hotel, seen across the street from the L.A. Health Foods restaurant where Elvie and Annie meet for lunch, is now the hip and trendy standard hotel on the Sunset Strip. Brooke Shields appeared in a deleted scene in which she played a schoolgirl crush of young Elvie's. So she'd have been young. Ben Stiller comments how he likes the scene when Elvie has to meet Annie's family in... 
AFI's 100 Years, 100 Movies, America's Greatest Movies from 1998. And how it relates to him personally, because he was always very apprehensive meeting his girlfriend's parents. Stiller started to meet the parents in 2000, which revolved around that very idea. Thank you, Captain Obvious on IMDb. <laughs> the lobster scene in the kitchen, the door to the oven in the corner cannot possibly be open because it's like behind a refrigerator oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Because he goes, I think, I think he like ducks back in that tiny ass little corner. Yeah. He's a very tiny guy. <laughs> the movie theater lineup scene is done on a long take. The shot starts when the man behind Elvie starts speaking. Premier voted this as one of the 50 greatest comedies of all time in 2006. Kay Lenz was offered the title role, but her boyfriend, David Cassidy, convinced her to turn it down. Stupid David Cassidy. The phrase la-di-da is often used by Annie Hall, who grew up in the 1950s and was the title of a 1958 R&R standard. Oh, rock and roll standard. I'm like, R&R? I'm like, that's not (laughs) R&B. Rock and roll standard. Number nine U.S. pop by Billy and Lily and popular, popular on the oldies circuit at the time of this film's release. Ranked number two on AFI's list of the 10 greatest films in the genre romantic comedy. And in 1979, the film producer Jack Rollins brought a racehorse together with jazz pianist Bill Evans, which he named Annie Hall. Annie ran in a harness and uh, Annie ran in harness races appropriately watched closely by its owners. I don't get why that's funny. Or why that's important. They named it Annie Hall. Yeah, I but guess. why why is it appropriately <laughs> Ran in a harness race and was watched closely I have by its owners. No clue. Anyway, that was the last <laughs> trivia fact. That was a great one to go out on. Go IMDb. So real uh, quick, just random. When I was on, uh, I was on Annie Hall's uh, page on IMDb looking yeah. at some other stuff. Um, they give you the recommendations. They give you the suggested yep. films if you like and this. F- yeah, Five Hundred Days of Summer um, is one of it's, them. It's it's Manhattan. This is the next film. Uh, it's The Apartment. It's The Graduate. Mm-hmm. It's When Harry Met Sally. Um, it's also yep Five Hundred Days of Summer. It's Charlie Chaplin's City Lights, which is coming up in like another 15 films. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I, I got a kick out of the fact that it's like, yeah, there's actually recommending a handful of other movies that uh, we will or have watched. Just kind of, it's in that same genre. So when we get back to those other movies, at least we know what to expect for like The Graduate and all that. Oh, that things, is Snow so. White. The poster just looked weird. Sorry. So anyways, okay, let me do um, my Inflation Nation and stuff and things with Jeff. All right. One Inflation Nation. Okay. $2,000 of cocaine was the cost per ounce for the cocaine that Woody Allen sneezed everywhere that he sneezed uh, $7,851 that he just sneezed everywhere and they probably licked up alright that's or all I have Dustbusters. or sorry that's horrible bosses they do that in that movie um, alright so stuff and things with Jeff that was all I had for Inflation that's Nation fine. they only mentioned I didn't even they see they very rarely like yeah, mention money again uh, makes it pretty timeless yeah exactly number one was the first five minutes the pitch that Woody Allen gave to the studio for the film? Like, I feel like he was like... What did I laugh really hard at at the beginning? I don't even remember. But I, like, had a pretty you did. funny, out, like, loud outburst about it. A very out loud outburst. Shut up. Number two, I have never heard Carol Kane talk normally. Yes. She plays... Tell our listeners who they would, what they would probably know her from. You would probably know Carol Kane. She was on Taxi back in the day. She played, um... Uh, Andy Kaufman's she played Lafka's like crazy kind of foreign girlfriend-esque person also the other one that you might know her from is she was in the Bill Murray film Scrooged from the 80s she played Ghost of Christmas Present I looked that up I think you asked if it was past I said yes to past it's present sorry Uh, that's probably what you would know her from it's it's hard to like justify as like saying oh it's this Um, because oh no you know what she was in The Princess Bride 
She was the the the, the she was the the witch character with the Billy Crystal's character. Uh- Okay. She was her. That's probably the other one. Oh, by the way, she was also on Law and Order. Of course she was. <laughs> As again, it happens. She's been in a ton of stuff. I mean, she's been in a lot of TV shows, does a lot of voices over the years. But the ones, like, personally that I know her, she was on Taxi, she was in Scrooge, and she was in Princess Bride. That's what I know her from. So right. there might be other ones out there, and I, I apologize if I did not lame the movie or the show that you people out there know from anyways number three. Oh, hey christopher walken's five minute appearance that's it that's it <laughs> <laughs> that was i also door. said christopher walken we don't talk like that around here because yeah. this was me and chippewa falls wisconsin <laughs> number four hey look annie got groceries and brought back a bag that contains a giant stalk of celery because that's what you get and when french you bread. shop you forgot movies. about french bread it wasn't french bread uh... she pulled it out and it was a bag of cookies Again, that's something you buy in movie but and TV groceries. And it's always you always bring back a brown paper a brown bag with no markings on it. Right. With a stalk of celery sticking yep. out of it and generally a loaf of French bread. Yes. Almost always in movies, that's all people buy. That's all people buy. And finally, number five. Oh, hey, Jeff Goldblum's 10-second appearance. <laughs> we were, like, looking for him because, like, we looked Yeah, because you were reading through who was in this movie, and you're like, Jeff Goldblum was in a party scene. He says Lacey Party Guest. And then I'm thinking... I'm like, wait a minute. Lacey's the name of Paul Simon's character. We haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah, well, like... And then I'm, literally, like, 30 seconds later, it They started. showed up at the, the party. And I'm thinking, like, because he was credited as Lacey's Party Guest, along with yeah. five other people, I'm like, oh, so he's going to just be in the background somewhere. You're never going to actually see see him but no no he's there so and I, honestly that's all i have uh i don't have much else to talk about regarding the film or the uh the, i don't have any other flesh nation all that stuff i do like the fact that um i like the fact that they spell christopher walken's name incorrectly w-l-k-e-n yeah they forgot the a they just you know he's he's christopher walken 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 so i don't know the year before the deer hunter Yes. So he probably left this movie to start filming The Deer Hunter. Or he was filming this movie like in between or something like that. Because he looked I, I, he was he, he even looked like he was wearing the outfit from The Deer Hunter. Because he's sitting there a like, little bit, like yeah. a flannel red shirt and jeans. <laughs> he probably just walked off their set and walked on this one for a day. But uh, yeah, I um, that's all I have. Any other final thoughts regarding this film? No, I really liked it, surprisingly, and I'm pleased that I really liked it. I'm I'm happy I'm happy you liked it. I'm happy I liked it. Me too. I'm very shocked and surprised and but at the same time I was pleasantly I was pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed this movie. I laughed more times than I expected to laugh Me at it. Me too. But you know, I and I kept going, Jeff, I don't hate this movie. I know. Why? That was like the first ten minutes you said that too. I know. And I was like, Yeah, I know. And oh, and the other the last little thing. I uh, I yelled at the screen in like the last five minutes of the movie because like the whole movie it's kind of goofball little like he breaks the fourth wall it's him talking a lot it's him kind of jumping around through time but then like the last five minutes he gets very philosophical he really does and like his some people just need the eggs and like yeah that that whole bit freaking kind of makes sense and yeah. like his comment about and I, I want I gotta look it up I gotta re-listen to it because I, I I actually want to write that quote down but like his quote about how you know in art you you strive for perfection because in real life you it's so it's hard to hard, attain yeah. I'm sitting there going that's such a great point oh my god man that's so deep it, it is it's I know like, it's ridiculously I know. freaking I know. deep and I'm know. like I'm like holy crap 
I didn't expect that out of this movie. I was kind of lulled into this, oh, it's going to be a, a lighthearted rom-com. It's going to be jokey. It's, you know, it's, it's not really, it's a movie that's aware it's a movie. And like, I was not expecting there to be any kind of thing like that. And yeah, the last little bit about uh, like the joke, uh, you know, he's talking about like the doc, the, the guy who takes his brother in and he's a chicken. He doesn't want to, you know, doesn't want to kill him because he needs the eggs and how he's like, that's a really great metaphor for dating. Cause we, we deal with it, but sometimes it's just because we need the eggs. Like it's funny, yeah, but it's very deep. And I'm like, wow, I, okay. That happened in this movie. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my, that's, that's, I yelled, I've, I out loud shouted at the screen because I was not aware that it was going to get deep, but I really enjoyed how deep those lines were. I really, I, yeah. Okay, Woody Allen, you win. All right. 1977, Woody Allen, you win this time. I'll get you next time, Woody Allen. I'll get you I'll get next, you next time. time. I would have gotten away for it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling kids. Next time, Gadget. Next time. Nice. I can do claw. Hurts my throat like Don't a do beach, it, then. But I like doing it. Anyways, so. Uh, now do Salacious Crumb. God, I can't do Salacious <laughs> Crumb. What am I? I just really like to say Salacious Crumb because <laughs> it's the most ridiculous name ever. Salacious. Salacious Crumb. That would be the character from uh, Star Wars, the one that will sit next to you. <laughs> that. <laughs> Anywho. So, our next film, ladies and gentlemen, is our only animated feature on this list yes. from 1937. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. It was 83 minutes long. Yep, an hour and 23 it's minutes. really short. Animation really... family fantasy. I have seen Snow White and the Seven Saw it Dwarves. in theaters when they re-released it when I was really? a kid. Yep. I have I did not see the movie all the way through until maybe about two years ago. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> like, I, I've seen it. I knew it enough. Or maybe if we, I saw it, I was in, like, second grade. But I, I, was, a, I was a boy, and I did not care about princesses at that point. <laughs> Let me whistle the bogey march wrong. Um, you whistled the bogey. No, that's march what I said. Wrong. Let I thought... me whistle it oh, wrong. I... Yeah, so we're halfway through the top thirty. We are, or the, or the thirties, the thirty-nine to thirty, and I'm really excited. We're we've we've actually, yeah, we hit, we got past the the hump that we were worried about for these yes, this, these ten films. Yep. Because now, actually, honestly, we're. Oh, it's such a great list now. Uh, after Snow White, it's just... we're Oh, after Snow White, we're on the last page. <gasps> 33 through 1 fits on one page. It's exciting. It's all uphill from here, Oh, Tim. one more. We're going. Bye, everybody. Well, it's... We're done. It's 42 <laughs> minutes of us rambling. We have stuff to talk about that's not needing to be in the episode. What? We're done. We're done. <laughs> well, I just said it's all uphill from here. Okay, Radio Raheem, I guess we're out of here. Good night, Radio Raheem. Good night, CK Dexter Have. Haven. Dexter Haven. Wow, I got sultry. It did. <laughs> it is Jimmy. St- no. CK Dexter Haven was Cary Grant. Yes. But Jimmy Stewart but Jerry, says it. But Jerry Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Not Jerry Stewart. Not Jimmy. Not, not you know, Jerry Lewis's long lost brother. Well, that's all, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. I think we just stopped paying attention to our own podcast there for a second. (laughs) Bye.
Hello Internet Dwellers, this is Jeff Bell, President of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff, you have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like... Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Story Time, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ghosthat.